I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Gabby Roslin Podcast. Hello, Gabby Roslin here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. In this episode, I have a very special guest for you. It's the gorgeous and extremely talented Kate Winslet. We chat all about her incredible new TV series called Mayor of Easttown, which is getting rave reviews because it really is brilliant. I've watched it and I'm obsessed with it. You can watch it on Sky Atlantic and on the streaming service called Now. Also, how she wanted to be an actress since she was five years old, her pet chickens and some hilariously sweet family stories about words her husband can't pronounce and her son's school dinners. Plus, we talk about her childhood crush on Guy Pearce, who she's worked with and is working with, and her icon, Jodie Foster. And I promise you loads of laughs in this episode. Kate has a wicked sense of humour, and we both giggle a lot. I am hugely thankful that this episode is sponsored by one of my favourite companies, Simprove. It's a food supplement containing live and active bacteria, which has done wonders for both mine and my family's health. More information at simprove.com with the discount code GABBY, that's G-A-B-Y 15, for 15% off the 12-week program. And I'll tell you more about them later. Now, please can I ask you a favour? Would you mind, please, subscribing by pressing the subscribe or follow button on the show? And then if you wouldn't mind, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, which is the purple app on your iPhone or iPad. You simply scroll down to the bottom of all of the episodes and you'll see the stars where you can tap to rate and press write a review. It would mean the world to us. Thank you so much. Liz, I've got to tell you, a friend of mine has had this expression ever since she sat in the audience when when I first interviewed you in 1995. (laughs) She has this expression that is, but what would Kate Winslet do? And she always says, what would Kate do? (laughs) So I let her know yesterday that I was going to speak to you. She said, yeah, but what would Kate do? I said, I have no idea. I'll find out tomorrow. Do you know what? That's, that's, that is really funny. I'm flattered and I'm honoured. And, you know, I have to say that I do, I do have friends who will phone me, you know, and say, you know, we went back and forth on this. We just weren't sure. And then we decided, you know what? Let's just phone Kate and ask her what she would do. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you do realise you need a book now. What would Kate do? <laughs> That's very the funny. answers to questions. All right. Before we start on the amazing Mayor of Easttown. Oh, my God. Um, 
What did your husband wear to Buckingham Palace, please, when you got your CBE? No, it can't be said. <gasps> it can't be said out loud, I'm afraid. <laughs> the world is going to have to guess forever. Do you know, the things that have gone through my head... I'm sure. <laughs> okay, uh, can I say what it wasn't? <laughs> you can try. <laughs> Oh, you're so naughty. See, I love that about you, Kate. So we did. We first met, I think it was one of your very first live television interviews. And I remember coming off afterwards and you just you just on Sense and Sensibility and came off afterwards. And I remember saying to you, you're one of the naughtiest people. And you said, I'll always be naughty. And I love that. All I'm afraid it's true. Yes. Yeah, I'm afraid that's absolutely true. And then what I hadn't counted on doing was meeting the man of my dreams, my husband, Ned, and and then discovering that he's also quite naughty. You know, we have friends who will call us and say, going to a fancy dress party, you know, on Saturday. This is obviously pre-COVID. Go to a fancy dress party on Saturday. Now, have you got a headdress and have you got a corset and do you have a, you know, rah-rah skirt and some, you know, <laughs> flowers? Yep, sure, come on over. We're just <laughs> one of those houses who we've just got sort of dress up everywhere and, you know, head attire and wigs and, and fun things. It is, it is quite a fun home, actually, I have to say. Before we, before we uh, talk about everything else, Mayor of Easttown, it is phenomenal, Kate. Have you any idea how good it is? How many episodes have you seen, can I ask? Two. I'm only allowed to. I'm oh, desperate. Oh, you're only allowed to. Okay. Desperate ah, for the rest. So, wow. Okay. So, the, oh, the cliffhanger at the end of two is kind of a juicy one. Um, oh, my word. So, look, I I mean, I have to be honest, you know, I I do feel very excited about Mayor of Easttown. And it was an enormous part of my life. It was, you know, it was, a, it was about 20 months of shooting because COVID got right in the in the way of the middle of it and um, and a good deal of 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 preparation for the role on my part and i i fell so in love with this character i'd ha- had a sort of a love hate relationship with her because she was so all encompassing um and yet she sort of got under my skin in a way that you know i've genuinely found really hard to let go of her i sort of miss playing her and and i i love this show i i truly love it being a part of it was amazing being a producer on it was even more extraordinary because i was able to really connect with the crew and work with the actors in ways that I haven't been able to do quite so much in the past. And that was very rewarding. But the story as well, it's, you know, it is about, it's about community. It's about family. It's about mercy. It's about, it's about a woman who's a mother dealing with the trials and tribulations of, of, of quite a hard life and a personal crisis that occupies her every waking minute that she has not dealt with and and starts to process throughout the series and becomes completely unraveled by her own crisis by the time you get to around episode five six but I do love this show and I'm very thrilled to hear you say that you also enjoyed watching episodes one and two that's really cool but so much so that I haven't stopped thinking about it's one of those shows and it's it's very rare to get a tv show that completely draws you in I now I mean, I think I could probably count on one hand and I'm obsessed with telly. I always have been. But this is one of those ones that has really affected me. And I, the characters are also completely real. It's like it's not scripted. It's it's and I mean, that's a compliment. You know, it's so 
and I'm not going to use those awful words that people use about these sort of things where they say, oh, it's gritty and it's, it's not, this is, it's real, it's raw. No, it's very real. It is. It is very, very real. And because it is set in a town that does exist, East Town is a real place where I spent a good deal of time. And the the police departments in East Town and Marple, both in Delaware County, which is where the show is set, those police departments were very helpful, really instrumental to me in terms of my prep. And actually, we had we did have reps from both of those townships working with us on set just to make sure that not just we got policey things accurate, but kept it real. You know, they kept saying to us, look, you know, a lot of those cop shows, you know, are so by the book and, and, and things do go wrong. It can be messy. Just 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 deal with whatever situation, you know, comes at you and, and, and face it head on. And sometimes things don't always go according to plan and that's OK. And so that's what I really wanted to do with this character. You know, I didn't want her to look like the sort of television version of a cop. So trust me, I look like a bag of CRAP most of the time in this show because, you know, this is a woman who didn't have time for herself, didn't have time to look in the mirror. She's so busy dealing with her family, her little grandson, who also lives with her, as well as her daughter. And her mother lives in the house as well. And she's this, you know, much revered local figure. She's seen as something of a hero in the town because she made a winning shot in a basketball game in the national championships when she was 16 years old. And so people have always sort of looked up to Mayor Sheehan, my character, and held her in such high regard. And yet underneath it all, She's got a lot of her own stuff to deal with that she never talks about and has no idea how to begin to cope with. And it sort of consumes her in many ways whilst being determined to solve this crime, to find the killer of the murdered teenager that uh, this happens in episode one. And it's such a tight knit community of people, all of whom Mare knows that it's highly likely that it's probably somebody in our midst. And that's very sad and, and makes it makes it harder, makes it harder. I thought you were going to do a spoiler. Of course you wouldn't. I mean, you're the, the star of it. That was really weird. I jumped in to say, oh, don't say anything. No, I would never, I would never, never, never do a spoiler. No. Oh, congratulations. I, I not really, I, and I don't want to call it a cop show because it's not. To me, it was. It's not. It it's, takes you in. It's all encompassing. My, and that accent <laughs> You're incredible with accents. Delco. <laughs> Drove me crazy. It was a really difficult one. You know, uh, pe- people don't necessarily um, know that, you know, there really are a, a lot of American accents. You know, it's not just the difference between, you know, New York and a, and a Southern twang, you know, or a Los Angeles, Californian drawl. You know, there's yeah, there are so many different dialects. I mean, Chicago, they speak differently to the way that they do in Manhattan, to the way that they do in Delaware County. And it was a hard dialect for me to nail because, you know, for me, doing an accent and pulling it off means that you have to do it so well that the audience can't can't hear it, you know, can't can't hear what you're saying and very much feels like it's from that world. And and so, yeah, I did spend a lot of time actually on on the accent because uh, it's it's one of those ones that people are very quick to comment on if you get it wrong. So I'm I'm a bit nervous, to be honest, to know what the uh, the Philadelphia and Delaware County locals really think of the of the dialect when uh, when the show actually airs. But yeah, it's very exciting. What do I know? But to me, it's perfect. Oh my god, it's a good show. Oh, but okay, is this true that your childhood crush was Guy Pearce and you're playing opposite? Yes. Him? <gasps> yes. Oh yes, my word. I know. 
I know. So I have been in love with Guy since I was 11 years old and he was Mike from Neighbours. And actually, I was so obsessed with him. Do you remember that Neighbours used to be on? It might still be now. It used to be on at lunchtime and at about five o'clock yeah, or something. twice a day. Yeah, twice a day. So if I really needed a Guy fix, I would actually skive off school. I would pretend to be ill just so I could watch the one o'clock and then watch the five o'clock as well. <laughs> I really did. So then when I did actually work with Guy for the first time ever... In 2010, we did another HBO show together called Mildred Pierce. When I walked into the rehearsal room on the first day, met him for the first time in the flesh. <laughs> I put down my bags. I looked at him and I said, please don't say anything because I, I have to come clean. I said, I have been in love with you since I was 11 years old and our birthday is on the same day. <laughs> and I have known that since I was 11 years old when I read it in a teen fanzine at my friend's house. And so, so <laughs> then, of course, Guy and I became great, great friends. And our birthday is on the same day. And every year for the last 10 years, we message each other a happy birthday. But last year, what was so lovely was we were actually together on our birthday, working on that very day. And that was really, really lovely. And so to get to actually, I mean, you know, hey, dreams do come true. What can I say? I got to spend my birthday with my real childhood crush. There, there was no one else. <laughs> no one else? No other crushes when I was younger. It, it, was, it was just, it was Guy Pierce for me all the way. Now, as promised, I'd like to tell you more about our fantastic sponsor of this episode, Simprove. That's S-Y-M. P-R-O-V-E. Now, I've been telling everyone about this company for years before we started working together. I love them that much. It's a food supplement containing live and active bacteria to support gut health and a balanced microbiome. The reason it's different to others that you might have tried is because its unique water-based formula means that it quickly travels straight to your gut to thrive and multiply, which is what you want. They're a family-run brand produced on a lovely farm in the Surrey Hills. I've been there. It really is lovely. And they're proud of their heritage and their evidence-based product. It's gluten-free, dairy-free, suitable for vegans and vegetarians. And it's available as a subscription, which is what we do, or start with their introductory 12-week program. The gut has an incredibly strong connection to the brain. When you sort your gut out, your general health just feels so much better. For more information, visit the Simprove website and that's simprove.com. We have an exclusive discount just for listeners to this podcast. You can get 15% off the 12-week program by entering this promo code when you're at the checkout. It's G-A-B-Y 15. That's Gabby 15 for new customers in the UK. They have a helpful customer care team who are great and answer any question and we'll put the phone number in the episode description for you. Am I right in thinking your icon was Jodie Foster? Yes. She's just incredible. She's like you. Well, well, that's a huge compliment, which I will take. Thank you. Um, but Jodie, you know, there's something about her acting and certainly for me when I was younger watching her, that it was almost as though she wasn't acting at all. She was doing something else. It seemed different to everyone else. And and to me, she 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 just is. She's it's it's more about being and not sort of acting or performing. I always sense this total sort of immersion from her in any of the roles that she was playing. And that was a separate whole other level of inspiration for me. And so I've always just held her in such high regard and was lucky enough to work with her in 2011. We did a film together and we just got along great. I mean, I think she's a, she's a very, very wonderful person and extraordinary actress. And uh, 
I, I've always really, really looked up to her, really admired her. How does it feel, though, for you to hear people saying that about you? Because and this always sounds like such a name drop, but this is completely true, and I know you know her very well. But Dame Judy was the first guest on on these podcasts, and and she's so oh gosh, she's wonderful. But but how does it feel to have people say, as you've just said about Jody, to say that about you? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's um. It's what it's obviously really wonderful. I mean, I can't. There's no other way to sort of, I suppose, answer that question. Really, it's it's it's. It also feels like a, you know, it feels like a responsibility too, but in a lovely way, you know, because people, if people are are sort of comfortable enough to say something complimentary about my work or me as a person or something like that, you know, I really do appreciate that because I care very much not only about my job but also I care. I really care about being a steady, decent human being. And and I think you can often tell, you know, whether a person is is a good person or not, or whether they're out for number one or or, or not. And 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 certainly with my with my job that I do, I really try and 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 really consider just all forms of humanity, really. You know, there are some there are some actors. You can often sort of think, oh, are you are you communicating with everyone in the room or is, is it just yourself? You know, and I always want to make sure that it's very much about everyone around. You know, community for me is in my DNA. And so actually COVID and lockdown, this particular last lockdown, I have found really, really hard. I think with it just being, you know, the depths of winter and and we're lucky that we do have some outside space and things that make an enormous, enormous difference to us. But 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 that lack of community and diversity and inclusivity just that i ordinarily experience in 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 life i i have found it really really hard i've been definitely i've had a couple of quite down weeks for sure like like everyone and so for me when i hear someone pay me a compliment you know it uh it it's, it, it means a lot it really does i've been doing this job for a very very long time and you know, God, people could be sick of the sight of me by now. You know, God, not that Kate Winslet again. And I'm sure there are some people no. that do roll their eyes and say that too. But it's nice to it's nice to still be spoken about in 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 pleasant ways. And uh, you know, because it can be a harsh world out there. You know, people can be quite finger pointing and judging. And you know, it it um it's nice to know that people have nice things to say. Well, they 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 have to get through me, quite frankly, because I've been your. I I, I don't know why it's sort of it, there's some people that I've interviewed over the years, and you're one of those. If anybody mentions you, I'm like, yeah, no, I I love her. You don't understand, and <laughs> no one say anything bad about her because I'll come and get you. Um, you were talking about lockdown, and it's very funny that watching yesterday, going through all the sort of interviews that you've been doing, everyone talks about your sourdough, and your <laughs> and also your um your outside space and I saw on the Ellen show five years ago and my 14 year old was watching over my shoulder (laughs) that Ellen gave you a wheelbarrow with your name on and lots of plants (laughs) that she brought in by a naked half naked man and my daughter wanted me to ask you did you actually take the wheelbarrow home from the states to your place in the UK I mean you know it's the vital questions I have to be I have to be completely honest I I don't remember. Isn't that <gasps> awful? I know. Isn't that absolutely That's hysterical? Awful? There's no reason why we wouldn't have done. But I don't know what, because I, I remember it all being shipped and thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, <laughs> all of these things being shipped in this wheelbarrow and, 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 and pl- seeds and planted. I remember being quite worried about 
well, is someone going to open it and wonder what on earth's being sent to me? <laughs> Look, the honest answer is I don't know where the wheelbarrow is now. Um, so sorry about that, Ellen DeGeneres, but I <laughs> genuinely, genuinely haven't got a clue where that's, uh, where that's gone to. <laughs> And do you, do you still have pigs and chickens and everything? We don't have the pigs. They just kept sort of escaping. They were quite agitated, and uh, you know we tried very hard to look after them as best as we could, but they 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 weren't they weren't too happy. But actually, they ended up, and they're still very much alive. The the, the pigs, Mabel and Socks, and they went to the children's school, and they are really really happy there, and they have a huge amount of space and oh. and, and an orchard that they roam around, and they're really really happy. So that's good. It was probably better and also you know I knew that I had a job that was coming up and it wouldn't have been right to leave them so it was nice to sort of rehouse them um give them a give them a home but um we do have chickens at the moment we do and uh there's a cockerel and 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 a hen who appear to be married so so, married so they just sort of roam around roam around yeah we call them Mr and Mrs Chicken but this weekend actually Bear did give them names apparently they are now Agatha and John oh I like that yeah and Agatha and John Chicken they are getting tamer by the day and this morning I came downstairs and I I promise you they were tapping on the kitchen door oh wow (laughs) tapping on the kitchen door I know did you let them in well, no, I didn't. I did open the door and, you know, and fed them and sort of, you know, said good morning. But I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't, I didn't really count on the chickens, like, you know, becoming quite so friendly. <laughs> but the dog, so our dog, Digger, who's a wonderful, very good natured golden retriever, he'll chase pheasants, he chases seagulls, he'll, you know, he chases the terns, he gets so excited about birds, but somehow he seems to know that it would not be worth his life if he were to chase Mr. and Mrs. Chicken. You've got, you don't forget they've got real names now. They're not just Mr. and Mrs. Chicken. No, they're not. They're Agatha and John. Agatha and John. Agatha and John. Actually, this morning I said, oh, look, Bear, it's Agatha and Ron. He said, John, mummy, not Ron. John. It's John. Coolest name ever, can I just say. Bear Blaze. Oh, what a name. <laughs> what a name. Isn't it extraordinary though, uh, about contagion, though? <laughs> I mean, what was that? I Nine know, years ago or I something. Know. Eight years ago, you did Contagion. No, I think it's a lot. It's more than that, actually, because I filmed it before I met Ned and we've been together for, for almost 10 years now. So, um, yeah, I think actually about 11, 12 years ago, maybe. But doing a, sh- a film about a killer virus and don't sneeze. And... I know, and fomites and oh, the, the R&R. I mean, it's, um, it's insane how you know, how accurate that film was. I mean, I say it's insane, and yet it isn't at all because we worked very closely with CDC when Scott Burns, Scott Z. Burns, the screenwriter, was was putting the screenplay together. I mean, you know, incredible scientists from CDC really participated in creating our film virus and everything was as factual as you could possibly imagine. Um, I definitely did feel like I had, yeah, well, I suppose it was a bit more fear, really, because I had done Contagion and certainly a heightened awareness because I had spent time, you know, with people who really knew about how these things turn into pandemics um, and, and get out of control really quickly. But even crazier is why would people go and start watching Contagion? I know. <laughs> we're in the middle of a global pandemic. My God, I was like, why would you do that? I'm going to go and watch The Wizard of Oz. Every, it's a huge, <laughs> there was a huge surge and, every, and everybody was watching and everybody was talking about it. Yeah, they were. They really were. So on this podcast, we always ask people what makes them properly belly laugh. And I've heard you belly laugh. I mean, uncontrollably belly laugh, which is brilliant. So what makes you properly laugh? 
um, things that make me properly laugh. This this could sound potentially mean, and I really say it with the most enormous amount of love in the world. But my husband Ned, he often has difficulty pronouncing certain words, like the word impromptu. He will say impromptune, <laughs> and the children and I are like Ned. There's no there's no nuh in the word. It's a muff for mummy. It's not nuff for nut. He's like no impromptune. But no, it's impromptu. Oh. So, so, so then you take a word like philanthropical, and you ask Ned to say philanthropical, and it is or, or philanthropist, <laughs> and he will come up with things like trilampal, trilampal, So I know it's 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 absolutely adorable and slightly and slightly heartbreaking, but he's so earnest and determined that he's going to get the words right that it becomes some of the funniest things you will ever see in your life. So the children and I, we have this thing where we will sneakily video him when he's (laughs) trying desperately to say (laughs) quite a long, complicated word. Sometimes they can even be quite short words that aren't that complicated at all. And, um, And still it will be hilarious. So I'm afraid that's one of the things that will put us over the edge, absolutely over over the edge. He spent he spent almost ten minutes once just trying to say Dustin Hoffman. What what was he saying? It, it came out. It was Dustin Hoffbin. Dustin Dustin Dustin. No, and they'd be like, okay, no one talk, no one speak, and he'd have to close his eyes, block his ears, and really try and do it. And still, it would end up Dustin Hoffman. Anyway, so so I'm afraid that's something that really sends us over the edge. But something else that does really truly make me laugh are things like you know YouTube videos of like small dogs with ears that are bigger than their heads and when they trip over their own ears things like that make me really bet dogs tripping over their own ears that's something else that will really make me laugh or my son bears descriptions of the lunch that he had at school that's often something that will make me laugh my head off because he (laughs) what does he say well he will often try and find the right words for things and you know it's a it's it's such a wonderful age he just turned seven and of course trying to sort of empower him to make sensible choices and you know so trying to sort of say well what maybe maybe you only have pudding on two days or you know and have a carbohydrate and a protein thing and a couple of veg you know just trying to be as basic as possible he came home the other day I said how was lunch on he said oh mum you would not have been happy and I was like right okay (laughs) trying to keep a straight face I said, why? What, what happened? He said, okay, so you know you told me that I, I should not have a meal that is completely white. <laughs> I'm like, yes. He said, I had, my entire meal was basically carbon dioxide today. <laughs> <laughs> Car- carbon dioxide. I'm like, and I am trying so hard not to laugh because, of course, it's hysterical. I said, carbon dioxide. Hmm, okay, dying. And so what was it you had? He said, oh, mum. It was really not good. You would, it was so delicious, but you would really would not have liked it. And he's slightly smiling at me in a slight, like little sideways cute way that they do. He's like, you would not have liked it, mum. And what did you have? Potato, chips, and Yorkshire pudding, which he calls orchard pudding. So he's like, potato, chips, and orchard pudding. I'm like, okay, well, you know. Uh, and then he said, oh, no, I did have something else. I had, oh, what's it called? It's called hip. Is it hip? Hip? I'm like, I don't know. Is it hip? What do you mean? I said, do you really mean hip? And then he tapped his actual hip. He said, yeah, hip, hip. It was this bit of um, hip of goat, hip of goat. So I had carbon dioxide and hip of goat. That was what he had for lunch. I mean, I properly wet myself. I properly was on the kitchen floor 
cross legs, wet myself. I mean, so <laughs> that is just, I mean, out of the mouths of babes. Oh, I mean, it's perfect. just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. And of course, I just had to scoop him up and say, well done, darling. That was just, thank you so much for telling me absolutely everything about your <laughs> It's brilliant. So, yeah. Oh, perfect. Those are the things that will set me off. Well, I had, I wondered whether also something, because um, the story about you cutting off your friend's ear had me weeping. Is this actually really true? A real ear? Yes. It's really true. So what it's really true. But it wasn't a whole ear. Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. let's get this straight now. Let's clarify this whole thing because I think I've only ever maybe talked about this in print in which things can get very lost. So my mum and dad, one of their dearest, dearest friends was a wonderful man named Mick Vedmore who very sadly died a few years ago. He was a wonderful, sweet, dear person. And for whatever reason, he seemed to think that, you know, it would be nice to come and get a haircut by Kate, aged 11, right? So <laughs> so my family, my mum and I would say, oh, Mick's, you know, Mick's going to pop, pop, pop by um, on Sunday afternoon. You know, he's going to join us for Sunday lunch and he, he says he's love, he'd love a haircut. Oh, okay. And he'll pay you a bar of chocolate. So he'd pay me one of those gigantic dairy milks, which, you know, for chubby chubster Winslet, that was a perfect payment. So I was delighted with that. So I remember cutting his hair with awful, probably, you know, paper scissors or kitchen scissors or something oh. terrible. And I I would just sort of hack into this head, you know, thinking that I was being all cool and stylish. And I did. I cut off a little piece of his earlobe. But did you see it? Yes, I saw it tumble, tumble down his front. Oh. It tumbled. It sort of like did a little flip and a, a, and a fall and a bit of a land on his thigh. And it, honestly, it was a sliver of, it was a sliver of earlobe that must have been about oh, the God. size. It must have been. Honestly, oh, no. what are people going to think of this podcast? You're going to have to edit so much out of it. <laughs> it was it was the size of probably about you know I'm I'm looking at my little fingernail now, and it was probably the you know the the tip of my fingernail, like the white part of your net of your nail. It was probably about that much, which is quite a lot considering that an earlobe's not that big anyway. Yes. So yeah, a little sliver of tumbly tumbly earlobe, and of course it gushed oh. gushed with blood. I mean, you would have thought the I mean, honestly, you would have thought I would, had cut his whole entire ear off. And he was very sort of sanguine about it. He went, "Oh, that's all right. Don't worry. I, it's all right. These things happen." I was like, oh, "Mick, I've cut oh. your ear off." That's all right, Kate. Don't worry. We all make mistakes. I thought, oh my God, you darling man. <laughs> Poor man. What a lovely man. He was like, he was a magical, lovely, wonderful person. Wonderful person. Did you get the chocolate though? Oh yeah, I did. He still gave, and that was actually, I think probably secretly my big, biggest fear was like, are you still going to give me the chocolate? But he did. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember actually it was Galaxy on that occasion. It wasn't Dairy Milk. It was Galaxy, which I was delighted with. Ate the whole thing in one sitting. Fabulous. <laughs> you got the chocolate. It doesn't matter about his ear. Bless him. Did he always, did he show people the ear and say, look, this is the ear that's been cut by. Yes, he did. Years <laughs> later, he did admit to that. He did. Because there was a little scar. And, he'd, and I would say to him, oh, Mick, have you still got that scar? He'd say, God, I have Winslet. Look, look, look. And, and he'd show me in this little sort of bit missing. And I'd say, God, you can make a fortune. I said, I've tried. It hasn't worked. But I have shown people. <laughs> he, was quite, <laughs> he was quite delighted by that. I'm very pleased you didn't become a hairdresser and you became an actor. Because I know that's what, I mean, that's what you wanted to do since you were teeny weeny. You were five or something and you went, OK, I'm going to be an actress. I absolutely, I mean, all I, all I ever, ever wanted to do was to be an actress. And uh, yeah, I was. I was five years old. And 
just couldn't have imagined ever doing anything else. I mean, it was, um, I don't know, I don't know why I felt so, so determined that that was what I wanted to do. I just didn't consider anything else. But I don't think I really understood what it meant. I mean, I certainly didn't think that it meant I would be in films or anything. I just sort of hoped maybe that I might be on the stage um, or something. And as I got older, that sort of desire to be on the stage turned into, you know, a slim hope of maybe getting the odd episode of, you know, Crime Watch or something. And uh, and I was in an episode of Casualty when I was 16. And and I remember thinking, God, wow, if I could just like get the odd episode of things here and there and maybe do a bit of theatre. And But I always thought I would have a part-time job as well, that I would absolutely have to do that. And after my the first film I ever did, Heavenly Creatures, when I was 17, after making that film, I just, I, I went right back to the delicatessen I, I worked in, in, in Reading, because that was just what you, that's what you do when you're, when you're a jobbing actor, you know, it's very hard to make a, 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 a good living from acting, certainly when you're starting out. And, uh, and that's, that's the way it is for most actors, you know, most of the actors I know are delivery drivers as well. And that was the thing, that's how I had grown up. My dad was an actor, but he also worked for a tarmac firm and drove a minibus for the National Trust and sold Christmas trees and, and was a postman. You know, that's what, that's what a life of a, a life of a jobbing actor for most actors really is. And so I just assumed that that's what it would be like for me. But I do feel very fortunate, not only because, of course, I, I do have a lovely career of which I am proud and, and, and deeply grateful, but I was surrounded by actors who were only doing it for the love of it and never making a living from it when I was younger. And so to be surrounded by such great energy and sort of excitement and passion and, and fun. You know, people who were making it fun, going to work and pretending to be somebody else. You know, that seemed like fun. That seemed like fun to oh, me, a huge amount of fun to me. And it still is to this day. You know, I still, I still love it. I do, I do find it very hard. And I, and I, you know, I absolutely have moments where I think, okay, okay, this is getting to me now. I, I'm, it's, it's tough. This is a tough day or a tough week, you know. That will happen. That happened a lot on there because the backstory of the character, which I won't reveal, but there is a crisis and some grief that she is struggling to come to terms with in the story. And in order to create that emotion for myself and to sustain it and hold it for such a long period of time because we were filming for so long, that was very hard. So I had to layer layer upon layer this sort of internal trauma for myself. And I really created a lot of trauma around this particular part of the story. And and it is the first time really in my entire career that I created something that is utterly imagined but became so real for myself that I have really found it very hard to sort of unpick from my system. You know, the kids will laugh at me. They're like, Mom, it's not real. You know, you can talk about it. And I'm like, actually, I still can't really talk about it. It's very strange and it sounds quite indulgent and I'm well aware of that. But, you know, there are times when when I do, when the job can really get under your skin and can be, can be quite painful. Um, but, but anyway, it's worth it. And I'm very proud of the show and, uh, and really, really excited for people to see it. I do feel, I do feel very excited for it to be released and, you know, because it's episodic too, you know, there's no streaming of it until each episode has aired one week after another. There's something quite old fashioned about that, that I love. And, so I'm hoping that, you know, mums on the school run might come up to me and say, oh, my goodness, can't believe what happened last night at the end of May. You know, I'm excited about that. Oh, <laughs> that happening. <it's laughs> so good. 
It is so good. But actually, I, it's weird. I'm nothing to do with it, obviously. But I cannot wait for people to see it. That's how. Oh, good. Truly brilliant. I think it's one of the the best things I have seen. Honestly, like I said at the beginning, in the I, in my hand, I I probably count on the fingers of my right hand. That's in there as the top five things I have ever seen on television. That's how I am blown away by it. Honestly, Kate. It's brilliant. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased. Well, each episode, the end of each episode, there's a there's a cliffhanger at the end oh of every God. single one. Yeah. And by the time it gets to five and then in, into six, it's just, yeah, there are some things that happen that, that completely floor you. And uh, yeah, it's, and you just, things that you just don't see coming. That's really cool. Well, the cliffhanger at the end of episode two, oh my word. Oh my oh, word. Yes. I screamed. I know. I screamed. <laughs> But do you know what? The thing that you have is that, um, and uh, a friend of mine said this the other day about you, uh, that what you have is when you cry, we cry. We, we, we get what you're doing. It's fantastic what you do, Kay. I am a huge well, admirer of yours, you. but also as a real person, you are genuinely one of my favourite people on this planet. I know I haven't seen you for Aww. quite a few years, but you are, you really are. So thank you for doing this, my lovely. Congratulations on Mare. Oh, thank you. And so nice to chat again. Yes, great to chat. Thank you so much to our exclusive sponsor of this episode. Go to simprove.com and use the code GABBY15 at the checkout for 15% off their 12-week programme. On next week's episode, Strictly Come Dancing finalist and one of the stars of Made in Chelsea, the very naughty and very lovely Jamie Lang. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Could you please tap the follow or subscribe button? And thank you so much for your reviews. I promise that the team and I have read them all and we really are rather overwhelmed and they really mean the world to us. So thank you so much. If you kindly leave a review or a comment, that would be lovely. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.